The air went out of me, but there wasn't time to cry. Dad scooped me up and ran to the tree. I took giant strides in the air just above the grass, and we tagged in with seconds to spare. Later, when I'd outgrown the crook of his arm, when Bill was away, Dad stayed in the game a little longer. He'd find another toddler to tote, or he'd erupt all on his own, 190 pounds, out of the Heiser's thrashing bushes and swerved toward the tree. His work shoes slapped the bricks of the street before he could get himself stopped. But he always let himself get caught if he didn't have a kid in his arms. He's the biggest kid on the block, Mrs. Jewel Heiser said from her porch over the spirea, that Earl Bowman. Smiley and Jewel Heiser were country folks who'd retired into town when Hitler invaded Poland. Mrs. Heiser had seen newsreels of refugees fleeing the Nazis along rural roads, pushing all their belongings in baby carriages. She believed the rumor that if we got into the war, there'd be no gas or tires. We'd all be trudging along on foot like the refugees. So the Heisers bought the second bungalow from the corner behind the box elder tree. There they settled into their porch swing to await invasion. Mrs. Heiser said she saw World War II coming before Roosevelt did, way before. She'd never been easy in her mind since the Hindenburg blew up, which she said was a sign. She was a great one for signs and could describe the exploding Hindenburg like she'd been on it. Passengers burning alive staggered on fleshless feet through its melting steel skeleton. Mrs. Heiser had a fine sense of doom and kept a scrapbook of clippings about automobile accidents and house fires. Her tales were always worth hearing again, unless you were my mom, who said once was all she needed. The Heisers played to a full porch for the one about a nephew of hers who'd skidded on his sled. He shot under an international harvester truck and scalped himself. They were living history to me, the Heisers, older than Dad. Mr. Smiley Heiser drove a 1930 Essex. Mrs. Heiser had played piano for silent movies before talking pictures came in. She played by ear, whatever that meant, and could render any song as long as it wasn't new. If you asked her for Chattanooga Choo Choo or Mersey Dotes, she'd just look at you. But to show us what real music was, she'd spring out of the swing and slip indoors to her upright piano. We waited for the crack of her knuckles, then, yes, we have no bananas, or too much mustard, or if you knew Susie, or even Papa, get a hammer, there's a fly on baby's head, pounded out in the night. Both Heisers were musical, though Mr. Heiser was deaf. When they sang Just a Song at Twilight in close harmony, they held hands, which amazed me and people of their years. On hot nights, Mrs. Heiser remembered a boy cousin of hers who got lost in the blizzard of 1896 between the cow barn and the house. 
He froze nearly to death and shook so bad he bit off the tip of his tongue. How did you get him to stop shaking? Somebody always had to ask. We never did, Mrs. Heiser recalled. We just tied him to the churn and made butter. We hung on her words and waited for the cackle of her laugh. She kept the lace handkerchief down the V of her house dress for wiping under her glasses because she seemed to be laughing or crying most of the time. Get her to tell you about Jimmy Johnson and the corn picker again, Dad mentioned to me one night after supper. I didn't ask why. You could hear a pin drop whenever Mrs. Heiser ran that one past us. It was a ghost story, and she'd seen one. You want to hear that again? She said later on in the evening, closer to lightning bug time.